Sweet. Well, good morning, guys. Good morning. I'm actually going to try to adjust this a little higher. <laughs> All right. So we're going to continue in our uh, sermon series that we've been going through and started last week. Uh, so if you weren't here last week, uh, we're going through a series called Encountering Jesus. And what the idea of this series is, is that we're going to seek what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus today? What kind of mindset do I need to have? How do I live you know, the day to day? What does it look like to be a follower? In order to find some of these, these things out and answer some of these questions, uh, we've been going through these stories in the Bible where people encounter Jesus in some way. Oh, good? Okay. <laughs> where people encounter Jesus in some way and seek what did they learn from their experience? Because a lot of these people, when they were encountering Jesus, they had the same questions that you and I had. What does it look like? What does it mean? How does my life need to change? And through their stories, through their experiences and their encounters, we can learn better, okay, in my life, how do I follow Jesus? What does that look like with me? And I mentioned last week a little bit about characters in a story. And that oftentimes we can identify with certain characters where we see a certain personality trait that's kind of similar to ours. And we're like, oh yeah, I, I get that. And we kind of connect with that character and we want them to kind of see, okay, in their situation, how do they resolve it? How do they overcome and what do they learn from it? So that in our lives, when we have a similar situation, we too can learn from them. How can we do that? How can we overcome the same situation in our own story? And that's the mindset that I want you guys to continue this week as we go through this story that, what do I have that's similar? How is my experience similar to their experience? So we too can encounter Jesus with them. And we can learn in our own story what that's like. So have that mindset in this sermon and throughout the series. And when I'm going through a story, when I'm looking at the characters, whether it's a movie or something that I've read, the characters that I always find fascinating and the stories, I'm always like, yeah, that's really cool. It's not the stories with the characters who have people that have it all worked out, but it's actually the opposite. I enjoy watching the characters that don't have it all, that struggle to do what they need to do. Uh, the stories that they struggle to accomplish what they need to do, because the ta not because of the task itself, but because of themselves. They look at their own character or their own personality or their own struggles inwardly. They might not always feel that they're up to the task. So for example, when I was a kid, um, I loved the Lion King and still do. Because you have Simba who has to go back to Pride Rock to his own kingdom when it's like, you know, not in a good situation. But he himself, looking at his past, but also who he is now, isn't confident enough to do so. So in addition to this outside struggle, there's this inward battle inside of him. And more recently in the MCU, I really like Tony Stark's character, Iron Man, where there's this similar thing where he wants to be the hero, he feels responsibility, and he's able to but he doesn't feel up to it himself. And he's kind of in the struggle of focusing on himself when he needs to focus on others and being the hero that he needs to be. And in these characters and other characters similar to them, there's this internal struggle that they have where they seek to be something else that they don't feel that they are or they haven't been. And maybe they even feel inadequate to the task that they have. 
And I think a lot of times in the Christian life, we kind of feel that. Or we're following Jesus and we might not feel adequate enough to the task. Like, okay, am I really good enough to be following Jesus? Should I really be following that? Am I really up to it? We have that internal struggle in ourselves while we're trying to live outwardly the Christian life. And last week we talked about Levi and his past, who was a tax collector, and wasn't someone that you initially would think that he'd be following Jesus or that Jesus would allow him of all people to be a follower. But despite his past, Jesus called him anyway. And he was allowed to, despite the inward struggle that he had in himself, he was able to start following Jesus. So we learned that for ourselves, that our past really means very little because Jesus loves us anyway and still calls us to be his follower. That he's leading us into something out of what he has before. So this week, we're going to kind of build off of that a little bit with a little twist where rather than starting at the beginning of the journey, what does it look like? What does it look like after we decided let's follow Jesus and we struggle? And maybe we even we fail or we feel inadequate in ourselves because of some things that we've done. So rather than focusing on our past with Jesus, we're going to focus on our present and our future. In moments where we're moving forward, but we can't really see and we have this internal struggle. Um, because for our past to mean little is one thing. What about where we are now? Because I think many of us have seen it's not always easy to be a follower because we start and we decide, okay, I'm super zealous. I'm super excited to follow Jesus, but it's not like that instant quick switch where we immediately start being more Christ-like, but it's a struggle. It's a journey. And sometimes we fail. So that's our question today is what happens when we fail? What does that mean for a walk with Christ? What does that mean as a follower of Jesus? Can we still be a follower despite our failures? And the answer to that question, we're going to explore in the story of Peter's encounter with Jesus. So Peter, he was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. So this was like his main core group that Jesus spent most of his time investing in. And they would eventually take over the church once Jesus went back to heaven. And Peter in particular, he was one that Jesus really spent a lot of time with, even more so than the other 12. He was one of his earliest followers, and he was likely there for the entirety of Jesus' ministry, the entire three years. And after, after Jesus went to heaven, he was one of the main leaders of the church and really helped spread the gospel in the known world at the time. So when we're looking at all those things, Peter definitely kind of fills that role of being a top follower of Jesus. But it's during this time in Jesus' three-year ministry, I think we can learn a lot from Peter and as we think of our own shortcomings. Before we dive into this main encounter that we find ourselves in today, we need to focus a little bit more on his backstory. So we're going to focus, this is at the end of Jesus' ministry. And the focus of Jesus' ministry itself was the work that he was going to do on the cross. He knew that he was going to die. He knew that in order for salvation to come for us all and to save his people, he would have to go through this. And he even mentioned that a few times to his disciples, that this was going to happen. And on one occasion, he even mentioned that his disciples would kind of abandon him in this moment. But Peter, being the zealous and um, very 
enthusiastic follower that he was, was like, oh, it won't be me. I'll stay with you. I'll be there to the very end. And if it comes to the point where I need to die, then I'll die alongside you. But Jesus said that he would actually deny him three times. And then later on, Jesus, what he had predicted became true, where he was going to the cross. And he was brought before the high priest, the religious leader of the Jewish people at that time, to be judged and be sentenced to death. And during this trial is where we find ourselves today. So you want to uh, follow along and the church app. We're going to start in John 18, 15 through 18. Simon Peter and another, another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of the main disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold and the servants and the officials stood around a fire that they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing there with them, warming himself and skipping down a little bit to go into verse 25. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing there warming himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of the disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to grow. So here, we have Peter's greatest failure as a follower of Jesus. The man that earlier said, oh, no, I'll die with you. No matter what happens, I'll be there with you. Instead of being that brave man that he wanted to be, He's frightened when a little girl even asks him, hey, are you one of these followers? And he's keep on denying who he was. Why? Because he was focusing in on himself and he was afraid of what would happen. So rather than doing what a follower should have done, he focuses on himself and not on Christ. And I've often wondered what must have gone through Peter's head in that moment. I imagine that there's this great sense of shame when this realization comes up. They realize, I did what Jesus said. I did deny him rather than focusing on him. We're here in a pivotal moment of following Jesus. He focuses back in on himself. And I think here can be the connection in our lives a lot of times. Where after we've decided to follow Jesus... There are these times where on one end we can feel so jealous and enthusiastic. We're excited about following Jesus. We're excited to live this new life that he's given us. But on the other side, there might be these times where we're tempted to go back to that sin we once had. We kind of lose sight of where we need to go. And maybe times we fall back into that temptation And we feel shame about it. And maybe we even doubt ourselves, doubt our worth of being a follower. We feel that maybe we're still too inadequate. Can Jesus really still allow me to be a follower despite my failures, despite my shortcomings? 
But fortunately for us, that's not the end of Peter's story. And it's also not the end of ours either. After Peter's denial, Jesus died on the cross, but he rose again. He accomplished the very thing that he said he was going to do, dying on the cross, freeing us. And he resurrected and came back to the earth, came back to life. And while he was on the earth, he spent a short time before he went back to heaven and he visited his disciples. And he returned Peter. Peter and the disciples at this point, they were out fishing um, because that's what they previously did. They were fishermen. So I think in their minds, after losing Jesus, they decided, let me go back to normalcy and live back in that life that I need to, or I once did. But I think it can also be some of our temptations sometimes where after we failed, we try to go back to life was. But it's in this moment of them fishing is when Jesus returns to them. They quickly realize who it is and they rush out of their boats and they share a breakfast with Jesus on the shore by a fire. And they're celebrating his coming back and they're super happy. And then after a little bit, Jesus and Peter talk together. This is the first time they've talked after the night of the betrayal. So picking back up in John 21, verses 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, we'll feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and others will dress you, and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Here, I think we find the true beauty in Peter's story. We also figure out what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. When Jesus asked Peter if he loves him, and he said, yes, I do, and Jesus replied, what he's saying there is he's going to take over the church and kind of lead the church in the direction that it's going to go in towards himself. But in him asking to do that, what he's really asking him to do is follow him again. Because even though he failed, that doesn't mean that he has to stop being a follower of Jesus. See, he doesn't have to prove himself and make himself worthy even though, as we see later on, he will have the chance to die for him again. He doesn't have to earn being a follower again because he loves. He just has to simply be willing. In the same way, at the beginning of our journey, as we decided we were going to follow Christ, um, we didn't have to earn to become one. And we don't have to earn to become one now and to continue to be one. As we follow and we failed, because many of us inevitably will. That doesn't mean that we have to stop being a follower. We simply have to be willing and love the one whom we are following, to love Jesus.
So what does it mean in the day-to-day? -day? Because on one end, we can look at it as like, oh, I don't have to earn it. Does that mean I can just kind of chill and everything will be all right? That's what the Church of Rome kind of thought. They're like, okay, well, I can kind of just chill. What's even the point of trying to be perfect if I have grace that will help me when I do fail? And when I fail, my grace is covered. So Paul says in Romans 6.1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead for the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. To the work that Jesus did, it frees us from that, where our past no longer matters. So when we leave uh, the thing that is binding us, we decide to follow Jesus, we really enter into true life, into truly living. So we focus on living that life and moving forward rather than going behind, going back to what we had. There's grace when we do fail, but we still have to strive forward and do the best that we can. This is a challenge to do, and we'll fail, but there's grace in our shortcomings. And we can also help each other in that. So in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. When we follow Jesus, it's not a journey that we do alone. We're not the only ones following Jesus, but we're doing so together in the community. We're doing so together as a church. We're here to build each other up. Um, that's why we try to follow Jesus together. We help one another move forward. So when we fail, we're not on our own, but we're together. That's why we pray together. That's why we worship together. That's why we come here every Sunday together. So we can focus in not just for our own lives, but our, for our collective lives together. So when we have those moments, we can go to our brother and sister and be like, hey, I've been struggling with this. And we can help each other get back into that focus where we need to be. And we can follow Jesus together. So another point that I want to bring up about Peter is that this wasn't the only failure that he had. <laughs> and if you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first four books in the New Testament, you really see a lot of that. And it's not just him, it's all the disciples. Uh, they all failed in some way. And to the original readers, the Gospels, the people who this was written to originally, I think they would have had a lot of encouragement to that. Because to them, these weren't the disciples that we read about thousands of years ago. This wasn't Peter, the disciple, but this was Peter, the guy who baptized me. This was Peter, the guy who started this church. This was Peter, the guy who preached here not long ago. Peter, the one that I look up to. And they looked at them and these stories when they failed, and maybe looked back in on their own lives and thought, well, they failed too. And they're still allowed to follow Jesus, so there's hope for me yet. They, even through their own failures, they're really the embodiment of striving to move forward and doing so together as a community, of building one another up. That gave them the hope in their own stories as it gives us hope 
in our stories. As we follow Jesus and maybe we don't always get it right, we continue to move forward. So as I begin to wrap up, I want to leave you with this quote from C.S. Lewis about failure. It goes, after each failure, ask forgiveness, pick yourself up, and try again. Very often, what God first helps us towards is not the virtue itself, but just this power of always trying again. You see, we don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus. We're given grace in our imperfections and in our shortcomings, just as we were before, before, as we are now, as we begin to follow. And when we fail, we ask for forgiveness. We pick ourselves up and try again and again and again. And in that journey, we're not alone. We have each other, but we also have Christ leading us out. We no longer have to live in our own failure, but trust that Jesus will lead us what he's promised us to. And not even ourselves can get in our own way of that. And I pray that this is the mindset, not just for the series, but throughout your life as you begin to follow Jesus. That you have this, that, yeah, I might fail, but it's going to be okay. And Jesus loves me. I love him. He'll forgive me, and he'll begin to lead me out of this. If it doesn't come easy at first, pick ourselves up, follow Jesus, and keep on trying. So let's pray. God, I just want to thank you for this time that we can come together and hear your word and know what it is that you have for our lives. And God, even though it might be a challenge at times to follow you, that you provide the way. We are the truth. You are the life. We focus in on that. And when we struggle, we don't get burdened by our struggles. But we set them aside and continue to follow. And pray that you empower us in that journey. This is Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.